0: Welcome to No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School basketball podcast. Michael O'Brien here, as always, with Joe Henrickson. This is episode 23, and we've got a kind of a full slate here. But before we get into it, I just wanted to do the housekeeping and remind everybody to please, and you can follow us on Twitter, at No Shot Clock. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That helps get some other people listening to the show. I saw we've got a five-star podcast on there. It's exciting stuff. And last but not least, we need some more questions. We only got two left. We're going to hit those at the end of the show. So please email in some questions, and we'll get to them on the next show. You can email those to me, M-O-B-R-I-E-N, at suntimes.com.
1: We got a whole lot to get to today as we begin really a three-part boys' basketball preview here on No Shot Clock, beginning this week and then continuing for the next two weeks. We're going to break down. This whole upcoming season, from top teams and players to rankings and storylines. And today, we will go over a a few of those categories. We're going to hit the five sleeper teams that Mike and I uh, think that, well, they probably won't be in the top 25 in the preseason, but maybe could crack it, make a run in their conference, or maybe in March. We're also going to take a look at five underrated seniors. Each of us will talk about five seniors who we think are a little bit overlooked, we got five breakout players, pretty much regardless of classes, players that we think are going to break out over the course of this upcoming season. And of course, we'll take you know a couple of those questions that you guys have all sent in to us. But uh, Mike, I mean, I we're, we're, this is we're taping this on the first day of officially the the practice that begins today around the Chicago area in the state of Illinois. And I, I did get word that Proviso East is still without a coach. Uh, oh. I was told Tuesday night, tomorrow night, uh, will be the night that uh, a decision is finally made. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens at Proviso It's a, a tough situation we talked about last week. But right now, five sleeper teams, Mike, that you think you know, could make some noise. And, and again, if you're listening, not necessarily completely off the radar. Maybe they're improved. Maybe uh, they can make a run at a conference championship, uh, be a dark horse. But Mike, you got you got one ready to go?
0: Yeah, and uh, so the listeners know, we did not talk to one another beforehand about any of these lists, so if, if we have doubles, that just means we're thinking along the same lines. And my five teams are pretty far off the radar, I'm going to say. I went a little far flung, except for this first one, um, Loyola. I think it's pretty clear they're going to be a good team, and they should be able to, you know, compete in the Catholic League for sure. They've got, you know, Brandon Donowski back. He's a great shooter. Ramar Evans, just a solid player. And I've heard so many exciting things about Andre White Jr., their freshman point guard. So I think they're a team that's probably going to be in the rankings at some point. And in a Catholic league that's good, but not doesn't have kind of the higher level teams it does some years, I think they can definitely make some noise.
1: And they were one of my five too, so that's <laughs> that's a repeat. But yeah, Brandon Donowski he had ninety nine three pointers last year. That, that is an enormous amount, especially for a junior. Ramar Evans, I, I got a lot of, a long look at him this summer. He's a 6'1", 6'2", power pack guard. He's emerged he's kind of a leader for them. Uh, yes, and Andre White, the little glimpse I've got, he's exciting. You'll like him, Mike. He is an exciting point guard. And Over the course of the summer, watching them play, I'm kind of a sucker for teams that can make threes. Uh, they're going to have one huge obstacle, though. They have no height, no size. There are going to be some nights where they're going to get pounded on the boards, I think, get hurt with second-chance scoring opportunities. But they got some seniors like Eddie Trapp and Nick Rock and uh, Will Plazine. These are some kids that can just go down low profile but can knock down shots. And it's going to be fun to see Donowski, Evans, and White on the perimeter. Uh, it's just going to be that lack of size. And But you're right, they're going to make a little bit of noise in that Catholic League. I'm guessing that's the only one we're going to have – <laughs> I, I, I've got one. Um, I'm going to stay in the Catholic League. Mount Carmel. Uh, I, you know they were 10 and 20 last year, but they've got three starters back, all double figure scores. Christian Peaview, I think is pretty underrated. Six five long. He averaged 12 and six last year, and an underrated tough guy. Jake Rodia, five eleven senior guard. He put you know I think 15 16 points a game last year. Nick Chambers, a 13-point, 12, 13-point guy. So they've got, they got six-man Henry Hudson back. So this is a team in the Catholic League who I think they may be able to come close to reversing that 10-20 record. Uh, they've got a freshman group. Now, I don't know how many of those sophomores will be on varsity, but they were an unbeaten last year. The sophomore group went unbeaten as freshmen. I know there's one sophomore off that team, Trevion Williams, going to give them some size and length, six seven sophomore, so Mount Carmel, I think, is going to be another team in that Catholic league that, uh, you know, is going to be vastly improved and a little bit of a sleeper role.
0: Don't forget, Jalen Fleming has arrived.
1: Sure. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Big famous name. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with, and this isn't just because I was I'm forced to go there twice this football season in my gridiron hellish fall, but I'm going to go with Glenbard West. I like twelve and sixteen last year. Um, not a team we've talked about since the John Shurna years, pretty much. Um, you know Justin Pierce had a big summer. You know he he's a very good player going to William and Mary, and I like that they've got two other guards back. You know that are three year starters or at least three year varsity players. So they've got the backcourt depth you want. They've got a superstar. They got a six five kid Connor O'Shea who came off the bench had some good minutes last year. So they do have some size, and I think it'll. This is the type of year where having a possible breakout star like Justin Pierce is going to take a team farther than it would other years, frankly, when the teams are better.
1: I, that's a good call, good pick out of the West Suburban Silver. And I, My second team is also out of the West Suburban Silver, so you picked the second-to-last team, last-place team last year, Glenbar to West, which went 4-8 and eight in the West Suburban Silver. I'm going with the Cellar Dwellers from last year, Downers Grove North, 2-10 and 10 last year. Uh, they did win 16-17 games I believe overall but they were two and ten in the conference and I just think this team is going to be one of the most improved teams um, they've got a junior his name's Brian Jacob Z, six foot five underrated unheralded uh, Jacob Z is going to be a, a a player who's going to break out this year and, and over the course of the next offseason and then they've got two really Big, strong veterans. And Devin Blake, he averaged 13-14 a game last year. He's a 6'4", versatile senior. Matt Malky, 6'6". Uh, they've got two solid classes in a row, Mike, who have had success in the past. Uh, this group of juniors lost just three games total last year. Uh, and interesting, despite being 2-10 and 10 last year, they went 13-1 in non-conference play last year. So I don't know if that's a... Indicative of the schedule or what, but it it does show that this team has some talent coming back. And I think Downers Grove North and Glenbard West both. uh, Oak Park River Force is going to be the favorite in that West Suburban Silver. But those two teams are going to be in the top half this year, I firmly believe, rather than the bottom half.
0: Yeah, Tom McGrady, a high school basketball super fan who you would recognize if you go to a lot of games. He always goes and watches the sophomores before the varsity game he sees. I think I mentioned this on a podcast last year. He said that the Downers North sophomore team last year was the best one he saw in the whole area. So it makes some sense that they're going to be pretty good. Um, my next team, uh, another team I usually would not select, arch nemesis, Juliet Catholic. Wow. Um, I saw them... Play, you know, I think it was the last night of the regular season at St. Pat's last year. And it was a decent game, but I was kind of impressed with a lot of their role players. Harold Davis, very much so, kind of a do it all kid, you know, he can play inside and outside. And Jalen Jackson could play. They held him down a little bit in that game, but he... It's kind of hard to believe, thinking of all the players last year in the East Suburban Catholic, but he was the leading scorer.
1: Yeah, he put up some numbers.
0: Yeah, in the East Suburban Catholic. And then you look, they had 17 wins last year. You know, they were like 17 or 16 and 14, I think. And they have four starters back from that team. And East Suburban Catholic's going to be good, but not as good as it was. So they should be able to make some some inroads there. And then you got to remember, two years ago, they had a nice run in Class 3A. Um, into the I think they might have made the sectional final.
1: I think they, yeah, sectional final.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Joliet Catholic.
1: Yeah, it, it, they will be. There's a bunch of teams in the East Suburban Catholic who I think you could throw into this category. Uh, you know, after those top two, but uh, of Notre Dame and and um, uh, Mary Catholic. But that's a good call on Joliet Catholic. Because the, and I'm gonna go to the the Northwest Suburbs, Conant. Now, they won some games last year. They went 19-11. and 11. Uh, Coach Tom McCormick, you know, I, he has been one of the most consistent coaches over the past two decades uh, at Conant. They are going to be a team to be reckoning in the Midsummer League West. Probably the favorite. Uh, they went 6-4 and four in the league last year. I, I love their, their starting point guard. He's just a junior, but he's coming off a terrific sophomore year, Jimmy Sotos. And uh, they've got some, you know, some key role players back that are going to step up into bigger roles. Kyle Bradley, who was a leading rebounder last year, Brandon Vincent, who, who started towards the end of the year. He's a five ten guard. He started last year after they suffered some injuries. And then they got a pair of sophomores who got a taste of some varsity action last year as freshmen. Six uh, three wing Ben Scholes and six seven Ryan Davis. And then there's a transfer, Michael Downing, a 6'7", 6'8", athletic kid. He transferred from St. Joe's late in the school year last year. Saw a lot of them this summer on the AAU circuit. He's an impact player defensively, particularly in that league with his athleticism. I, I think Conan is going to be the f- favorite in that league and also a team that's going to be a 20-plus game winner.
0: Yeah, that, that's. I think that's pretty clear. That's a lot like Loyola. They're going to be in the rankings at some point. I'm pretty sure they're showing up in – some of the preseason rankings from around the area. Don't think they're going to make my Super 25, though. Um, my next team was actually really good last year, uh, Lake Zurich. They were 23-9, and 9, kind of fell victim to a really good conference. You know, Stevenson and Lake Forest were so good last year, and Zion Benton was pretty good that it was kind of tough for them to get much notice. But I really, really liked the style They played, I liked the spirit they had, they moved the ball so quick, so many shooters. You know, I think good things are happening with that Lake Zurich program, and then you look, they had a really good summer, they won the Libertyville Fall League. And they got two guys back who once again this is they're gonna be their third year of varsity, Nick Penny and Nick Meyer. So that's gonna help. And then they've got a big man, a six seven center, Andrew Gilbertson, who I don't remember too much from last year, but I hear he's getting, you know, some D two, D three looks. So I'm kind of all in on the Lake Zurich program. I liked what I saw last year and I like what they have back. And the conference is down. You know, Stevenson's gonna be good, but you know, not much happening at Warren. Zion Benton's not gonna be as good as before. Like Forrest has so much to replace, so I think they can make you know, a challenge to see Stevenson maybe in that conference.
1: Nick Penny makes that team go. He he is a solid point guard who makes those around, around him better, doesn't make mistakes, he's efficient. I, I like that kid. And my fifth team is in the Public League. They're going to get lost in the Kenwood Curie scuffle in the Red Central, but I like Hyde Park. Uh, I, I think Hyde Park it was just a shade over 500 last year, has got some late bloomer players uh Tawan Aji is six foot seven seniors he's one of the best kept secrets in the city he's really progressed as a player he's grown he's long he's active he's versatile i uh, can handle the ball for a six seven kid get some stuff done around the basket they got a little igniter at point guard Jamal Gill he's just probably five five but uh he is a spark and they've got the a, a transfer from tilden who is a a, a mammoth man child really and he's six foot nine. 200 and probably 60, 70 pounds, Anthony Cameron. He transferred, he's, he's a prospect. He, he's, he's raw, but he's he takes up space and he's got a chance. And they got a whole bunch of nice-looking role players from a, a shooter in Micah Cobbs to um, Mikel Oliver, a six foot five rebounder. So I think Hyde Park, they're probably maybe not ready to challenge Curie uh, or Kenwood for the, the title in that league. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were to pull off an upset uh, in the league and, and outside as well. I, I just think they're a team to watch in the in the public league this year.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. They've done that the last few years. You know, they start out not ranked. Actually, I think I might have ranked them last year um, in the preseason. They started rough, but then got back. And you know, they've made nice runs in the city tournament the last few years. They, they're really hard nosed. You know, he, he's always got that team so ready to play. So Hyde Park definitely one to watch. My final. Sleeper team, bit of a reach, <laughs> to say the least. In case you thought my other ones weren't a reach, um, this team was 7-18 and 18 last year. But they've got all four starters back, well, four of the five starters back. And a guy I keep hearing about, a guy that you've written about, Joe, that I have not seen play, Ty Bibbs. I'm going with West Chicago. Um... You know, Ty Bibbs blew up from everything I've heard. It looks like his brother, Mike Bibbs, is one of the other players. They've got mm-hmm. some size, and I, again, I like it when a team gets their backcourt back. You know, that's been together for a couple of years, and with a breakout player like that, with the conference also being a little bit down, I don't think either one of the St. Charles is going to be as good as they were last year. Geneva probably won't be as good as it was last year. Larkin might be a little bit better. But I think West Chicago, probably, now are not going to hit that 20-win thing, but I think they're going to be a respectable, above-average team this year, which would be a nice step for them.
1: I do like Ty Bibbs, and he he will uh, he'll be their catalyst. And he gr- he he grew in terms of his just his moxie and confidence and and just uh, assertiveness. And it, it'll be interesting to see that West Chicago team. Um, what was it 2 years ago you filmed lo- or the 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 junk John- yeah, 2 years ago <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean you know he 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 is one of those players that's going to break out which we'll probably talk about him in a few minutes i will but uh, let's take a look at some seniors mike I, you know this senior class has is, is been ridiculed a little bit in terms of the not you know not having the high level superstar talent division 1 but we're talking high school basketball there's still a whole bunch of impact high school basketball players some who you know either didn't get a chance last year's juniors their roles were limited and that's my first guy Peter Bluss from Hinsdale Central six foot seven big man maybe pushing six eight he you know was lost behind Matt Rafferty last year and you know he still played a small role for Hinsdale, a good Hinsdale Central team last year but he is one of the well no. I'm gonna say he's the most improved player I watched from the end of last season through the spring and summer. He he's huh. got surprisingly some athleticism to him. He's got a uh, his body's pretty big. He can step out, knock a shot down, run the floor. I I just think Peter Bluss is gonna keep Hinsdale Central in that West Suburban silver hunt.
0: Nice, that's interesting. Uh, I my pick, my first pick. I think he's gonna be a. One of the big stars of the year, you know, not just overlooked right now, but I think he's could possibly be at the end of the year. One of those guys that works themselves into the player of the year conversation. I'm going with Josh Thomas of Simeon. I mean, when you look around Player of the year, wow. When you look around this senior class, how many kids have you ever seen on a court with guys who are in the NBA right now? And he was for at least a 30 second spell, the best player on the court. I've seen that from Josh Thomas. You know, I've seen him beat Morgan Park with huge shots at the end, beat Bogan shots with big shots at the end. You know, you say he wasn't a starter last year and he didn't get a lot of minutes. Well, he was in the entire last four minutes of pretty much every game.
1: And he was an igniter.
0: in At crunch time. And I think when he's going to get that playing time now, I know he's got, he's got mid-major offers now and he's a mid-major kid, but I think he's better than that. He's built like a man, like a Mack truck. You know, he can still move. He's got so much ability. He can put it on the floor. He can shoot it a little. So I really like Josh Thomas. I think he's going to have a massive year for Simeon.
1: In the south suburbs, Drew is another kid who broke out this this spring and summer. Drew Evans at Thornwood. He's 6'4", 6'5", wing. I was just so impressed with him. He, he really opened eyes, particularly among small college coaches, Division II, NEIA-type Division Three uh very versatile uh on both ends of the floor but you know this kid didn't you know thornwood had a nice season last year but he didn't get a whole lot of pub or uh you know name recognition and and this is pretty much going to be his team i think at thornwood and they're not going to be 23 and 6 this year that's what we say every year (laughs) that's that's true (laughs) that is true Um, but Drew Evans is going to be one of the, he's one of the best kept secrets in the South suburbs.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to get a look at Thornwood and see, you know, that you never really know too much going in what they're going to have. So I'll probably check them out that first week of the season at the Chicago Heights classic should be fun. Um, my number two is a guy who really came to my attention at Pontiac last year in a game against Lockport, Evan Hines from Niles West. He's got that combination. You don't see too often where he can really leap. He's got surprising athleticism especially maybe for a kid from Niles West and he can really shoot it you know those two things together I think he was five or six or um for eight from three that game I saw and he, he kept it up throughout the season I know Bob Williams told me who uh that back then that he thinks Evan's possibly a big 10 player that he could wind up being that good so e- Evan Hines is the guy for me to watch and I think Niles West has a few guys like that I'm going to mention another one later on I think they're, they're a sneaky sleeper team to watch
1: yeah, Heinz. He really shot it well this summer. Uh, he he's got he elevates on his shot, high release point, mechanically sound. He ended up. He's going to be signing this week with a Division two school at Minnesota. Uh, but he, he he had some a lot of Division one interest. I think if he would have played his senior year out, you're talking about a kid that would have gotten some Division Division one offers. Um, my my next one is you'll also see at Pontiac, uh, Kevin Krieger from Plainfield North. Nice. He, he, I almost had him. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a six he's, he's six foot four, uh, another sneaky athlete. Um, but he's gonna put up he's gonna put up points this year. I I I I think he'll put up twenty plus a night. Uh, that league's pretty wide open. Although Oswego's probably a slight favorite. Plainfield North, the defending champ. Uh, Trevor Stump obviously took a lot of the shots last year. Had the ball in his hands a lot. Kevin Krieger's times now is. If you remember, his his brother, his older brother, burst on the scene his senior year. uh, I think in the Thanksgiving tournament, he ended up going to... um, He was
0: a Pontiac folk legend for three days there. (laughs) He had a great tournament run. I remember he came out of the
1: Thanksgiving tournament that year. and averaged like 35 or 36 a game. So Kevin Krieger is one to watch uh, at Plainfield North just because I think his point totals, his offensive ability, he can shoot it, he can leap. Uh, so he's going to have some big numbers and and a lot of success this year.
0: My next guy, also another one, it's funny, I'm looking at my list and realizing that a lot of these guys are guys that stood out near the end of last year for me, and this is definitely one of them. Tyrese Williford from Marshall, uh, guard there. He's been on varsity since his freshman year. He averaged 19 points a game in the Red West last year. He was fabulous in the last game I saw him play last year was against Curie in the CPS playoffs, a loss. He had 22 points, 8 rebounds. One of those kids you'll see, especially on the west side, you cannot stop him from getting to the basket, and he's gonna have uh, you know the keys to the car this year. He'll be the show for Marshall. Not sure how much else Marshall has around him. I'm sure they'll find enough, but I think Tyrese Williford is gonna be you know making a play for maybe first or second team All City.
1: A guard out of St. Charles East. Everybody knows I was a big Colt Gentry fan last year, and I, he's not in the category of Cole Gentry, but James McQuillan. Uh, six foot three combo guard, St. Charles East. He he suffered a concussion last year, really early in the year. It took a while to bounce back, get back into. Yeah, it was uh, Thanksgiving. I was there. Yeah, yeah was like the second and, game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it was a you know, tough goal for him for a while. He looked really good this summer. Um, Evan DeLeonardi is another good guard at St. Charles East. They'll team up and form one of the better backcourts in the Western Suburbs, but. I just think James McQuillan has a chance now to to really kind of showcase some things. He, he's he got a really good floor game. He shoots it well. Uh, he's, he's one to watch uh, in, in the Upstate 8 Conference.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be interesting to see how those St. Charles, East and North, how they kind of both rebound. They lost so much. But, you know, they've got some talent coming back. It'll be fun to see if that area can kind of keep their run going. Um, my guy, speaking of runs going, he has played in, what, the last three state – championship games for class 3a but it's kind of weird how he got a lot of attention alonzo chapman from morgan park had a lot of attention early on in his career you know might not have lived up to the early hype but by the end of last season he was a monster he had 16 points 11 rebounds the last time i saw him play against simeon and the key was he did the best job i saw all year you know on ed morrow which Obviously, no one was going to stop him, but he contained him, and that was just such a sign of growth for Alonzo Chapman. He's going to be a big key to anything Morgan Park does this year. I think he's really going to come into his own and kind of distinguish himself. You know, Morgan Park's had all those bigs who rebound so well, but I think Chapman's a name we're going to be hearing an awful lot this year.
1: I think he is the key for Morgan Park. He he needs to do what you just mentioned, the 16 and 11 and the... You know the double doubles on a regular, consistent basis because they're going to have that firepower in the backcourt again with Charlie Moore and Jaron Randall. So Lonzo Chapman, who was such a highly regarded prospect coming into his, yeah. you know, his freshman year, uh, you know, he hasn't grown at all. He, he, he's still similar, but uh, you're right. He is going to be the absolutely a key, a huge key for Morgan Park. My fifth and final guy is I've already mentioned a little bit with Mount Carmel. I'm going back to Mount Carmel, I think Christian Peavy. Uh, is just a vastly underrated talent. He's 6'4, 6'5. He's very versatile. Uh, Mike Flaherty calls him one of the hardest working players he's ever, ever coached. I think he fractured a bone in his face and uh, battled that last year. But uh, I, I just think he is silky smooth, fun to watch, and the, the versatility just stands out with him. So Christian Peavy is, is going to be a sleeper, not only in the Catholic League, but in the entire Chicago area.
0: Yeah, hopefully, you know, I don't I don't think I saw Morgan or Mount Carmel last year. I think I might have seen the second half of a game at Crete-Money when I was going to cover somebody else, and that was about it. So I didn't get a really good look at them. I know they didn't have the best year. It would be nice to see them turning it around. Uh, my fifth guy is a guy we talked about, I think, a decent amount last year on the podcast, although I never did get out to see him. Um, but, boy, the point totals are exciting. Adam Pishke from Marion Central Catholic out in Woodstock. I will see him this year. I mean, just look at some of the numbers from last year. 32 against Antioch. Put 30 on Marion Catholic. 38 on Larkin. 30 on Bartlett. I mean, this is as a junior... The conference isn't quite as great, the Suburban, this year as it was last year. So I think he's going to – If he, well, all he's got to do is do what he did last year and people are going to start noticing these numbers w- with so many of the stars from last year gone. Pishkey you know, should really be elevated in stature in people's minds and I'm excited to – one of the guys I really can't wait to get out and see.
1: He's a fun player to watch, a flat-out score, I mean, it, it, no question. Uh, looking at just breakout players, this is kind of a category regardless of class. It could be a senior, junior, freshman, whatever – but you know, I'm going to start off with a kid at Niles Notre Dame, Jamero Wilson. I don't think hardly anybody knows about him. He's a six foot five, do it all type of player. He's going to be their backup point guard. He can be. He'll play the two and the three. He can guard anybody on the floor. He's uh, long, athletic. Uh, doesn't shoot it real well right now, but he is a a load trying to defend in terms of get into the basket and transition half court. He can pass it just really for another versatile kid. And Niles Notre Dame, who's going to you know, be a top 25 type type team all year long in an East suburban Catholic conference. You know, one of the favorites Jamiro Wilson is going to break out this year. He's only a junior. Uh, he started the last 13 games last year, but he's just really progressed since then become a lot more assertive. Uh, he's just grown confidence. So Jamiro Wilson, a name for a breakout player in that junior class.
0: Yeah, I uh, was out at, up at Niles Notre Dame for a couple of football games this year, and everybody's very excited about him, no doubt about it. I, I did see him play a couple times the end of last year for Notre Dame, and you could definitely see some potential there. Uh, my guy, my first guy, might end up being one of your guys, actually. I know you're as high on him as I am. Uh, Curie's Elijah Joyner. He just... I mean, anybody who's watched two Curie games last year can see it. You know, he's got the look of a real star player. So capable, so confident. You know, he can score in the baseline. He can shoot it. He, he can do so many things. He's going to be in the running for first-team All-City, I, I think, no doubt. Elijah Joyner, I mean, I don't know. I think he could very well end up being a high major guy.
1: He, he's he got a chance. I mean, DePaul's offered him. A lot of schools have been in. He's poised and calm. He's He's not... You know, I don't want to uh, label the public league player a, a certain way, but he is your anti-public league player. He, he's just really under control. I, I, I love him. I mean, I he's not on my list because, uh, but I, I think you're ex- exactly right. He is going to. He's a big reason why Curie is going to probably be a you know a top five team. Uh, I'm going to go with a, in the public league another public league player, Demarius Jacobs out of Uplift. Uplift, obviously, is defending two A-state champs. They lost everybody for the most part. But Demarius Jacobs probably averaged about four points a game for them last year. He just broke out this spring and summer on the AAU circuit. He's got the look of a, of a special talent who's going to be bare minimum a mid-major. And he's climbed himself into the top 20. He's one of my top 20 players in the in that class without really done doing much at all at the varsity level. So he'll keep uplift in that Red North title chase. He'll make uplift a, a, a two-way, you know, a threat march because that's how talented this kid is.
0: My uh, next one, a guy I think I'm probably still maybe a little bit higher on than most people, uh, Matty Patterson from Kenwood. He missed most of last year with, I think it was a knee injury, but he's back and he's healthy. You know, and I've said this to a couple of people. I don't, th- when you think of post players in the Red West and, or Red Sun, Cent- you know, he was in the Red West with North Lawndale. Now, you know, he's over in the center with Kenwood. Any sophomore that can play in the post and can average a double-double, which is what he did, those players do not go away. You know, they are beasts. That is so difficult to do at that young an age. And Manny Patterson isn't that tall. You know, he's, what is he, six six. The six, six, seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah he, he's not a big man, and he was playing against an awful lot of big man men in the Red West as a sophomore two years ago, and I was very impressed. I think he's just a fighter. I, I think he's, he's smooth in a lot of ways with the ball. I think he's going to have a nice year for Kenwood, and he needs to have a nice year for Kenwood for them to kind of be where they want to this year.
1: Get the comeback player of the year award too, because uh, obviously they missed him last year with that injury. I think it was a shoulder injury, I shoulder, believe. Shoulder, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, he he's going to be a, a huge part of of Kenwood's plans there this year. Uh, I'm going to you mentioned Josh Thomas a, a, as an underrated senior. I'm going to go with a breakout player from Simeon, Evan Gilliard. Another, you know, I, my list here is a lot to do with the summer play of. All the AAUIC. Evan Gilliard sparked Simeon towards the end of the year in spurts, too. You know, I think he was a, one of the few players that played decent uh, in that super sectional loss to normal, yeah. if I recall. Yeah, Evan Gilliard is just a mighty mite, Five-foot-nine lefty. It, it, again, we talked about it before, how Simeon will play this year. A little bit more faster, a little more up-tempo which would really feed into how Evan Gilliard plays. This kid competes. Uh, I mean, he he's, he's going to score more this year for sure, but he's going to force the issue and really put opposing defenses on their heels. He's got a lot of mid-major, mid-major plus. Dayton's all over him. He's been on campus there. They've offered him. Uh, so Evan Gilliard, I, I think, is a, is a star and, and a top ten player in the junior class. That's how much I think of him.
0: Yeah, there is no doubt about it. He, when the sky was falling, when Simeon's dreams were crashing to the ground, and that you know Arena Normal was going nuts, it wasn't DJ Williams, it wasn't Zach Norvell, it wasn't Isaiah Moss. Whoever you want to name, it's going to some you know Big Ten school or whatever. They weren't the guys that stepped up and and tried everything to keep Simeon in that game because remember they were out of it they were down like 15 the whole time it felt to me like everybody on that court gave up except for Evan Gilliard he was just did everything he could you know it wasn't always successful but he was driving to the hoop he was taking shots you could tell that he was the one who still had the fight in him and it was very impressive to watch it was kind of the first time you'd seen that all season so I don't have any doubt about that he's gonna have just a spectacular career at Simeon most likely um, but he's not my guy. My guy, uh, my guy is actually my guy, <laughs> Joliet West, Trevian Bell. Um, I believe he actually lives in the neighborhood I grew up in, in Joliet. So that's even more exciting for me. But, you know, he was one of those guys since I watched Joliet West whenever I can, you know, I could tell really early how good he was. Even last year, you know, he was the best player on that team, one of the best players in that conference. But it took a little while for people to come around because not too many people get down to Juliet to watch games, and Juliet West hasn't been too good recently. But you know, he—it's kind of funny to say it, but he does—he's sort of the poor man's Gary Bell. You know, he's a tweener. You know, and he's good in between the arc and the basket you know he's very good in there he's got a nice post game you know he can front up to the basket a little bit and he scores in deceptive ways you don't see a lot of high school players do um I'd like to see him run a little bit more see what he can do you know on the fast break that would be fun that didn't seem to be the best part of his game when I watched him against Curie and Simeon at Pontiac so it might have a little bit work to do there but in the half court I was really impressed with Trevian Bell and I think he's going to post some really nice numbers this year
1: I think you're going to see – if you haven't seen him play since the high school season, and I'm not sure if you have or not, but no. he he is a really a different player now. He he can really play on the perimeter, and he has made a big leap on the perimeter. He's going to play on the perimeter more this year. He played with the only Wolves and played out in the perimeter quite a bit. But I, I, I think you're right. I mean, Trevion Bell is going to have a monster junior year. I really think so. And We need, and we jo- need
0: him inside, Joe. He's the tallest guy on the team. Well,
1: I mean. I, <laughs> so, no perimeter for him. I, I think he is going to. I, I think he will be just because he's gotten so much better with the ball in his hands. I watched him with his high school team in the Morris shootout. He he was handling the ball a lot for them. So Yeah. He, uh, he can score he, from there, too. He, he is a versatile. He's going to be a lot more versatile than he was even a year ago. Uh, I'm going to go with a no-namer for the most part. I don't think hardly anybody knows at all. And Jalen Catledge from Richards. He's a six four, six five junior. As a sophomore last year, I think he put up, you know, with how much fanfare, I think he put up like sixteen and eight last year for Richards. So this kid is is, is a, a no namer. He's a junior, six foot five, and you know, Richards isn't gonna be absolutely loaded by any means, but he is going to be the fixture and the go to guy for that team.
0: Nice. Um, my guy, kind of along the lines of Therese Williford, uh, Lucas Williamson from Young really had some impressive stretches last year. You know, whole quarters when it didn't matter who Young was playing where Williamson was the best player for Young and better than anybody else You know, on the other loaded team. I think he's going to take this a step forward. He's going to have a lot more opportunities this year. You know, things have really opened up at Young. You know, he's another guy who got a lot of press you know was considered one of the top players in that class coming into high school and i think he's going to start to live up to it uh, you could just see the end of the the end of last year where he just really started to assert himself very good on the boards you know he can kind of play all over the court do a little bit of everything but i'm looking for a really big year from him
1: yeah he's got good size and the printer he's another kid that carried that momentum uh, right into the you know the club aau circuit and he had some really nice moments uh, playing throughout the spring and summer you know he's 64 65 out in the perimeter, he can knock shots down. So I, you know, you mentioned Whitney Young. My fifth guy is from Whitney Young as well. So they're gonna be in good shape if they got two breakout players, and that's Xavier Castaneda. He's a five foot eleven sophomore point guard. He's a true point guard. I just think he is going to make that team go. He is calm. He's cool. He's smooth. And where he's really blossomed is as a shooter. Uh, he was an okay shooter as, as a, you know, you know, throughout the, you know, early on in his career, we're still talking about early on his career. He's only sophomore, but <laughs> he can really flat out shoot the basketball now. So Xavier Castaneda, they got a lot of perimeter guys, but Xavier Castaneda is going to be a sophomore that's going to really break out this winter.
0: My last pick heading into this, we were, this was supposed to be the category for sophomores and juniors and stuff like that. Cause he already hit the seniors, but I think we need to talk about this guy. So I've actually scratched off my fifth guy. I'm in an on the fly change because this guy's got to stay title. And he was such a massive piece of that Geneva team last year, and he's back. And when I mean massive, I mean physically massive. (laughs) I think you know who I'm talking about.
1: Loden (laughs) Volder.
0: Yes. He's six foot eight, and who knows how much he weighs. He's a football player in every sense of it, but. I mean, he had such an impact last year, and, and I don't think that's going to go away. If anything, he's going to be even more impactful. He is so light on his feet, and you know, he's one of those kids where it looks like he shouldn't be able to move at all, and the next thing you know, he's by you, and Geneva's a team everybody's underrating again, but they've got him back, they got Bennett Fuzak back, so they've got the size, just like they had last year, and we doubted everything else. It'll be interesting to see if he can do it, but yeah, I think we need to talk about Volbrecht. He, he was just a force of nature in those playoffs last year, and he's back.
1: He brings a lot of energy to them, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays with a lot of emotion. Uh, but he, he had a good summer, picked up, you know, three or four Division one offers. He's so, still unsigned. Is he going to play basketball? Do you know? Well, that's the, the word is he wants to play basketball, which anybody who's watched him <laughs> yeah. is thinking, why isn't that kid yeah. your starting left tackle? <laughs>
0: Seriously.
1: Uh, I mean, you talk about – you think he's light on his feet. I mean, I'm not a football evaluator, but I can't imagine – what he's like on the football field yeah. with, with that type of with footwork. So, uh, you know, Geneva, that's going to be a fun race. You know, you just just Geneva, St. Charles East, and, and uh, Larkin in that conference. But, yeah, he, he's going to be a load.
0: All right. We, um on to the questions here. The uh, We've got two. Let me get my paperwork here. And the first one is a sad one uh, from our good friend of the podcast, Ronel Chapman. He says he loves the show. Uh, with Jeremiah Tillman and Alonzo Verge out of state, does this diminish U of I's chances to sign them, or is it too early to tell?
1: I don't think it diminishes anything with with Tillman. I mean, Tillman is Tillman. He, he's a top 20 player in the country, whether he's at East St. Louis uh, or or um, Lalamure. So, I mean, they were in there early, and that's the only way at this point Illinois is going to have any kind of crack at a kid like that is because they were first to arrive, and they were pretty much. So I don't think that's going to impact their recruitment. What's going to impact their recruitment more is if all the blue bloods and the big boys get involved, which is bound to happen with Jeremiah Tillman because he's a 6'9", 6'10", big man, and those are so difficult to find. The Verge thing will be a little bit different. I'm not sure on that one. Uh, I think it might be too early to tell, but – you know, being away down in Florida, uh, it will be interesting to see. There's a lot more options uh, that are a little bit closer to home. The Damonte Williams, the Jordan Goodwins, the you know, I mean, Verge is a unique special talent, though. So it'll be interesting to see who gets involved with him. And I'm talking now, like SEC schools. If you, if you look, Mike, the SEC coming up here, uh, We're really venturing off here, but their recruiting has hit an all-time high. They're going to have four of the top ten recruiting classes in the country, so I'm getting that. I can see the SEC really getting involved with Lonzo Verge and fitting in their style of play and uh, kind of the way they play down there. So, yeah, I think Illinois will will keep tabs and stay involved and do what they can, but uh, it's not going to impact the Tillman thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, but once you leave the state, the whole, you know, loyalty to your state stay in state blah 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 they've already left so i don't think that it helps the chances at all especially like you were saying for virg he's all the way down there in florida they're just not going to see him as much there won't be as much contact right the fans won't be able to like will them to illinois which occasionally can happen so it's too bad um next question from john mulcrone he says, How do you see the East Suburban Catholic Conference looking this year after losing some very good players, such as Nick Coleman and Joe Mooney? Um, Joe, you can start with this one.
1: Well, it's fine. I, I just got off the phone with Tom Les, uh, the coach at Niles Notre Dame, earlier today, and we were talking about the league and how competitive it's going to be. And um, I, Did they go unbeaten last year in the league? Notre Dame? Not? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean,
1: I, I, I don't think anyone's going to go unbeaten in that league this year. I do think Marion Catholic and Niles Notre Dame are a notch above everybody else. I love Marion Catholic. I mean, actually, I love both those teams.
0: Yeah, Notre Dame was 9-0.
1: Yeah, Notre Dame and, and Marion Catholic are certainly the two most talented teams. They've got the most depth. We're talking – Coach Les was talking about how much size he has this year, which he's never really – it's kind of been a guard factory at Niles Notre Dame. Uh, Mary Catholic is going to have so much depth, a lot of younger players, but a couple of seniors, um, you know, miles Howard a six foot nine kid at Mary Catholic is, is going to be a difference maker. And, but you look up and down, Bennett's still going to be good. People are going to write them off, but Bennett's still gonna be very competitive. They don't have any big names, but they got some, you know, underrated experience back. Uh, guys that played some big roles for them last year. Colin Bonnet obviously is gone. That's going to be a huge, huge uh, hole to fill. But, uh, you know, I think Maris is going to be competitive. We mentioned Joliet Catholic. A, a team that went 0 9. I don't think they won a game last year was Nazareth. And I really like their young talent. They got a good looking sophomore point guard, Caleb Thornton, uh, some other players to go with that. They're going to be competitive, much more c- competitive. Carmel has a Division I player, and Chris Duff, from who's going to Western Illinois. Uh, so, I mean,. The, the the league and we Pishke Marion Central the the league is going to be very competitive. There, there's not going to be very many bad teams. No, in, I think that that,
0: that's the thing you look at. You look at the bottom four in the conference. Nazareth, you know, like you said, was 0-9. That sophomore class is loaded. It's not just Thornton; they got a lot of kids, and a lot of them played sometime last year, so they're going to be way better. Then you got Carmel, who was 1-8, but they're returning almost everybody. Duff's back, and I think, what, did he score? Like 18-19 a game? Right,
1: and Sharif Bailey, the another little 5-9 point guard. I think both of them have been three-year starters.
0: So they'll be much better. And then Marion Catholic, you know— was only two and seven, despite, you know, we think of the great run they had at the end of the year, but they were just 14 and 16 on the year, two and seven in conference. They're going to be one of the better teams in the area. And then we've talked about Joliet Catholic, four starters back, you know, including their lead guy, and they were four and five in the conference last year. So, I think the, the bottom of the conference is so much stronger. I think, you know, Viator and Pats might be falling back to the pack a little bit, especially Pats without Coleman. But overall, I think you can make a case it's going to be stronger from top to bottom than it was last year.
1: Well, it's going to be week in, week out. You know, every league. I think when Mike, when you do your previews and you talk to coaches, they all talk like that in every league. It's a battle every week, it's going to be a war every Friday. It's the truth in the East Suburban Catholic this year. I mean,. I, it's just going to be a really competitive league. And a lot of those gyms are kind of tough to play in. So it's going to be a fun or a lot of fun to watch that, that league race. It's, I
0: used to kind of joke about the suburban Catholic, you know, it was Pat's and Joe's and then a bunch of nothing for years. And, and Joe's is gone. And, yeah. and
1: they've, they've, they've really kind of, I mean, they, you think about it, over the years and the last several years with Bennett going down state, finishing second in the state, Marion Catholic, winning two sectional championships uh Niles Notre Dame last year that was the game where it was Stevenson's by far their toughest game uh in their state tournament run so it's it's been a highly entertaining you know league over the years even after the departure of St. Joe's
0: yeah it's nice to see them turn things around because those gyms as you mentioned they're some of the best gyms in the area all right well that should do it for uh this episode number 23 I'm actually headed over to Riverside Brookfield to watch some practice, which uh, Tom McCloskey told me is actually tryouts. I, it's been like 13, 14 years I've been going to the first day of practice. No coach has ever told me. They were having tryouts that day. <laughs> I have never seen that. We're entering a brand new realm for top five teams, where I guess there's going to be a bunch of dudes trying to make the top five team, <laughs> running around. See, you haven't tonight. had enough
1: suburban teams in the top five <laughs> preseason, top five, obviously. I
0: have. I mean, <laughs> come Hill... on, they
1: got to have some tryouts. They don't do it the first day of practice. Eh, you gotta Hill... get rid of those guys.
0: I mean, Hillcrest. I'll tell. You. <laughs> I can go through the list. I mean, Glenbrook North. Hill... There have been plenty of. Uh... Suburban Stevenson last year, you know, I tend to actually have, besides for Simeon, a couple of years I have a lot of uh, suburban number ones. Yeah, never Waukegan, None of these schools had uh, tryouts. So anyway, I'll let you know if I see any uh, guys who shouldn't have been cut from the, <laughs> from the RB squad tonight.
1: They can help make the cuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll run out there with a number on my back. See how far I can get. But um, uh, we'll be back next week, guys. We'll, we'll be on the week to week every week, and we'll be. Continuing part two of our trilogy of season preview episodes. So, thanks a lot for listening.